Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher podcast. Today is Sunday, October 9th, 2022. The name of the message, as you may already know, is Seek the Welfare or Seeking the Welfare. And I think that's a good message for us all the time. Whether we consider ourselves exiles or Samaritans or or seeking to follow Jesus, who obviously sought the welfare of the Samaritan um, and the Israelite exiles who were told to seek the welfare of the Babylonian cities in which they were planted. So I hope you enjoy this message. Um, it took me quite a while to write it, and I did some tweaking even yesterday, Saturday, to hopefully improve it, make it tighter, easier to follow and flow. We recently uh, were informed that there's been an influx of asylum seekers from Venezuela in Skokie and also, I think, from another country in nearby Des Plaines, Illinois. And that really is what triggered the interpretation of these passages, even though they are from the lectionary. Our lecture this morning is Annie Nortz, who is one of our lay leaders. And let me uh, lead us in a brief word of prayer. Holy God, the sweep of history is in your hand and in your mind and in your heart. May your spirit sweep through us as we listen, as we think about, and perhaps as we let the message seep into us as we contemplate and live out ways to seek the welfare of others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson is from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 19, verse 1, and then verses 4 through 7. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build your houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek, <clears throat> seek the welfare of the city, where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. This ends the reading from Jeremiah. Our epistle reading is from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. This is a part of the letter which could have a heading, An Appeal to Show Courage. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, a descendant of David. That is my gospel, for which I suffer hardship, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, so that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is sure, if we have died with him, we will also live with him. 
If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remember when, remember them of this and warn them, rem, excuse me, remind them of this and warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good, but only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly explaining the word of truth. This ends the reading from 2 Timothy. For those who are able, please stand for the reading of the gospel. This morning we hear from the gospel according to Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Traditionally preached on on or around Thanksgiving, the lectionary ignores that and places it on this Sunday. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Here ends the reading of the Gospel and the scriptures for today's service. May God give us wise and joyful understanding of this, God's holy word. A couple of days ago, last Thursday morning, I was at the Cluster One clergy gathering at Christ Church, United Church of Christ, in Des Plaines. And our program part of the meeting was about Exodus World Service, led by Jason Moan, its director of church engagement. He began our program with definitions, making plain the differences between terms like refugee, asylum seekers or asylees, immigrant, migrant, uh, evacuee, and maybe one or two more. As uh, a lot of us, I expect, know by now, our local environs in Des Plaines and Skokie are receiving refugees and asylum seekers. And our passage from Jeremiah starts a letter from God to the exiles from Jerusalem and Judah who were now in Babylon, not their home country. They have been uprooted from their homes by the conquering Babylonians and planted into that land. Even Jesus has dealings with a man who by Jewish standards is a foreigner. Is it possible these passages speak to what the United States and asylum-seeking refugees from other countries are going through. Lessons for them, for us, as Christians. So what were God's directions to the exiles through Jeremiah's letter? 
Well, you heard Annie read, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city in where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will find your welfare. The command was not to try and escape. It was not to create an underground guerrilla force to terrorize their enemies' cities and get a deal negotiated for them to go back. It was not to become Babylonians and give up either and become assimilated. No, they were to retain their identity as the chosen people of God, of Yahweh, but also settle in for the time being. God had what we call a long game in mind. He's trying to let them know that and does that later in the chapter if they didn't perceive it right in what we heard. Like, have grandchildren. Y'all are going to be here a while. In this long game, we find the Lord telling those exiles to seek the welfare of the city where God has sent them, to pray for its well-being. Be God's faithful people where God has placed them, painful as it can be. We know there was pain and anger from Psalm 137. There we hear in select verses, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, and there we wept when we remembered Zion. Our captors asked for us songs, and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, sing to us one of the songs of Zion, the defeated capital. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Oh, daughter Babylon, you devastator. Happy shall they be who pay you back for what you have done to us. Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. One of the great things about the Bible is that it has, all, it has the full range of human emotions poured out from selfless love and praise to loyalty, to feelings of vengeance, violence, and even anger at God. See Jeremiah himself, chapter 20. Here we have this vitriol and anguish in Psalm 137. The command in Jeremiah, though, is to seek the welfare of your new surroundings. Pray for God to bless it, as it in turn will be a blessing to you, because you're going to be here a while. Be engaged and hopeful. Don't curl up in fear and, and grief and despair, but start those families. Have grandkids. Pray for where you live right now. Be a good citizen, except when it may violate the faith. And that's what the book of Daniel is about. God is not without a plan. Be good and faithful daughters and sons of Yahweh your God. Rise above your hatred and trust God. Is it possible that when some of our citizens 
decry and to demonize those who come here from other countries, legally or not. Some of the new arrivals might have the same approach that God wanted for his Israelites in exile to have. Is it possible God has a plan for them in large parts or small? That plan can be to fulfill their God-given faithful intent to seek the welfare of the places to which they are going. It can be to seek the welfare of where they go to reunite and stay with family or to where they are bused. Is it possible that the welfare they seek includes the well-being of those who already live there, live here? And maybe we also then are involved in those plans of God. As the Jerusalem exiles were told to seek the welfare of the Babylonian city where they were dragged into exile, so are we exiles on earth in a way, knowing that our true home is not on this planet and that our values, the second way we're exiles, and that our values often differ from those of the world around us. We as good stewards and disciples of grace are called by the great commandments to seek the welfare of those around us, be they friend, foe, or simply unknown. Prejudging people, holding grudges, being self-righteous are not Christ-like ways. We confess when we fall into them because we are human. No, we seek the welfare of others too. It's not just for Israelites and Babylon anymore. An inspiration for this is, of course, beyond Jeremiah, Jesus. He gives us another example of seeking the welfare of others, including not his own, in today's gospel. Ten lepers see him go into a village in the region between Samaria and Galilee. They draw near, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were made clean. One came back when he saw that he was healed. He lowered himself onto the ground in homage before Jesus and thanked him. Luke includes, and he was a Samaritan. The fellow who came back to say thank you and praise Jesus was not Jewish. Rather, his ethnic group as a whole despised the Jewish people. They would not share things in common, like a cup drinking from the same cup of water if they were starving in the desert. Blood had been shed on both sides. There is a history. And there are theological reasons behind what they did, as well as historical Jesus, knowing all of this, and knowing about the animosity, and knowing that he was a Samaritan, healed him. And this Samaritan, he alone came back and praised God with a loud voice. Not, thank you, thank you. It was a loud voice. Jesus sought the welfare of all ten lepers, including one who might be expected to spit in Jesus' general direction. This Samaritan, one you'd think would be most reluctant to go back and thank a Jewish person, was the one who came back, perhaps 
Perhaps he saw Jesus breaking those barriers of animosity through his healing and decided he could do the same in reply in his own way by coming back to say thanks and praise God in person. And I don't even know if Samaritans had priests. I think they did. Jesus did not withhold healing from a Samaritan. That was the way of the world. That was the way of the Jewish culture of his time. But the Samaritans saw that Jesus had higher, lovelier values. Now something worth noting is that Luke wrote of the Samaritan, quote, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked, was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Luke wrote then that the healed leper praised God but prostrated himself at Jesus' feet. Jesus himself said that the man praised God. Is this a subtle equating of Jesus and God not only to the readers like us, but to the Samaritan. Could Jesus' healing an enemy, seeking the welfare of everyone, triggered a conversion to the faith of and in Jesus? Great things can happen when someone seeks the welfare of the place they now live in and the welfare of the people with whom they now live. And people can respond to grace as demonstrated by Christ's people and have a God moment all their own, changing the direction of their lives forever. And it's too bad that did not happen to the Babylonians hosting the Israelites for 70 years. But, you know, who knows if some of those Babylonians did not turn and become Jews without a scribe reporting the tale. As I said earlier, we are exiles in the world, living here, but not spiritually at home here. We are to seek the welfare of those around us, like the exiles in Babylon were instructed. We seek the welfare not for our own selfish gain, for that is a worldly value. Maybe I can get something out of this. To the best of our ability, we are honest, forgiving, in favor of peace and justice, willing to talk about our faith, willing to speak truth to power if need be, living lives of love and hope, empathy and integrity. These are the ways of Jesus, the ways of our true home and heart by the grace of God. No one is perfect. We know that. And sometimes we are hypocrites even if we do not realize it at the time. We may be surrounded by bad neighbors, cruel bosses, uncooperative bureaucracies, and folks encouraging us to choose a softer, easier way, which in the end we know is not that. And so we do not choose that. We are there for people, we pray, but we remain followers of Jesus. We are in the world, but not of the world to use a phrase from Paul. We seek the welfare of others as well as our own. We do not seek to be acculturated, 
acclimated or assimilated into a life that is more familiar with shadow than with light, that is more familiar with hatred and apathy than with love and joy and patient endurance. We act out of agape love, not out of fear or greed or apathy. Following the scriptures, we seek the welfare of others, praying for those we fear or resent, showing God's love and healing in Christ for everyone. When we are at our best, that's how we roll. We are not exiles, except insofar as we live in the world of death and fear. But dwelling therein, in this world of death and fear and self-centered will run riot, but dwelling therein as people of resurrection and love. This is not our home, but Christ and the community of Christ are our home. We seek the welfare of others by seeking to shine the lights of justice and truth into the shades of charcoal gray, and like Jesus, by welcoming the stranger as we or our own were once welcomed and healed. There are so many ways, so many ways that you and I do and continue to do this. Let us then be challenged and affirmed, equipped, and as Paul wrote, continue doing our best to present ourselves to God as one approved by God, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. And that's good news. Amen. Seek the welfare of those around you, whether you are the one in a new place or somebody else is in your place for new, or if neither of those apply, it's love your neighbor just in a different way. And I applaud, I, I thank you, I appreciate your listening. I thank you for tuning in. And uh, sometimes we just have a different cut of the diamond of the great commandments to bring you in a sermon, a different take, but the same core. For our faith does have uh, essential values such as truth and honesty and integrity and forgiveness, which is related to love. But love is really at the core. For Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. And if God so loved the world, why would we not try to be like Christ and expand our love for everyone, even if they don't like us? So thanks again, as I've said. Next week it will be that for October 16th. I cannot give you any heads up because I have not looked at the scriptures, but I know that we're in Luke and we've been spending time in Jeremiah. So we'll find out next, next uh, week or the next time you get to tune in. May God bless you and may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms 
by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.